How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, super good to be with you. If you're brand new to the Dad Tired community, welcome. We'd love to hang out with you, get to know you. The best way to do that, to get involved in our little community, is to go to dadtired.com, click the community tab. That will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. We've got over 7,000 guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. It's the best place to get connected, to meet other guys who are like-minded like you. We also talk about, uh, we do local meetups. Uh, So you can meet other guys in your neighborhood or in your city. We do conferences all over the country and world. So it's just the best place to get connected. Go to dadtire.com, click the community tab, and that will link you over to that. Um, Today we're talking about education, how we educate our children. Um, Does Jesus care about that? Does does the Bible have anything to say about that? Should we homeschool? Should we private school? Should we public school? Like, does it matter? And does what does the Bible have to say about all that kind of stuff? So today is part one of a two-part series. So make sure you come come check out next week's episode and we'll dive even deeper into that. Um, But we're going to start that conversation today. But before we dive in, I do want to thank my friends over at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, they plan, they deliver step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients. So you can just cook the food, you can eat the food, you can enjoy the food, and you can spend less time on worrying about all that stuff and more time on the things that matter most to you, like engaging with your family. Uh, I know a lot of you guys in the Dad Tired community said that eating better and healthier and losing some weight, dropping some LBs, Uh, was a goal for you in 2019. So if that's you, HelloFresh is definitely going to help you accomplish your goals of eating healthier home-cooked meals. One of my favorite parts of HelloFresh is that it allows you to spend less time on the planning and shopping side of things and more time uh, just engaging with your wife and kids and being fully present, not have to worry about the food and what's going to be for dinner that night. All the meals take 30 minutes or less to cook. Uh, They all call for less than two pots or pans and require very minimal cleanup, which if you're a dad, tired dad, uh, you know that clean up and not having to deal with the hassle of that is going to be a big bonus for you. Uh, If you've got some picky eaters in your house, you're definitely going to want to try their family plan. That's the plan we're on. Uh, It includes all kinds of kid-tested, kid-approved recipes. My kids love HelloFresh. They even help us cook it, and they definitely eat the meals that we have. This week, we cooked uh, the cheesy black bean enchiladas, and I told Layla they might have been the best enchiladas I've ever had, and I'm not joking on that. They are such good meals. Uh, Take advantage of HelloFresh special offer for 2019 and get $80 off your first month by going to hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80, the number 80, T-I-R-E-D, the number 80. Again, that's $80 off your first month by going to hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80 and use the promo code tired 80 at checkout. As I was thinking through today's episode uh, and what I wanted to just kind of talk through with you guys, uh, the story came to mind. As I tell you the story, you're probably going to be like, Jared, what the heck are you telling us? Like this, <laughs> what does this have anything to do with our child's education? Um, but I promise I'll, I'll, even though it might not feel like it makes sense, I'll loop it back around. Um, but when I was a freshman in high school, I grew up playing soccer. I was on the soccer team in high school. But there was one particular Friday where uh, I was in the hall and this football player, he's probably a junior or senior, he walks into this hall uh, where all the students are you know, going through their lockers or whatever. And he walks into the hall and he's got this football jersey on because it was game night. 
And every time it was Friday game night, the football players would wear their jerseys um, to school as kind of to get everyone pumped up for the big game. So he walks into the hall and he's got his football jersey on. And I'm just, as a freshman boy, I'm just watching as all the girls in that hall look at this boy like some celebrity just walked in to the, to the hall. And I'm like, you know, as a freshman boy, I'm like, dude, okay, how do I want that? Like, I, I, want, <laughs> I want to look uh, as cool as that dude looks right now because I certainly don't feel that cool. But I, if, if I can get a football jersey, maybe I'll be cool like that guy and all these girls will like look at me like they just looked at him. So uh, the fo- the soccer team actually practiced right across from the the football team. We shared the same practice field. And so there were literally I just, I, I'm playing, I'm practicing soccer and I just think, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way to get on the football team. Uh, and so I just run over like I ditch my soccer team. I run over to the football team. I go straight to the coach and I say, hey, do you need a kicker? Uh, I had never played football in my life, but I thought, you know, I know how to kick a ball. So uh, maybe I could kick for the football team. And to my surprise, he's like, sure, like whatever. Like, yeah, fine. <laughs> we could use a kicker. And uh, and all of a sudden I'm on the football team and I've got a jersey. And uh, and it's awesome. Like I would wear that football jersey every week or every Friday. Like I was some kind of superhero. I did not get the same reaction um, as that guy did. But I this maybe it was more than the jersey that I needed. <laughs> but I felt cool. And that was the main thing as a freshman. You know, I just like represented that football jersey. Um, but there was one game towards the end of the season where we're playing. We were crushing the other team. Uh, and so we're ahead. I'm just like sitting on the bench, like goofing off with my friends. Uh, and we're, it's coming near the end of the, the game and the coach, I hear, he, I hear him yell, Lopes, you're in. It's like, Lopes, you're in. And I knew we didn't score a touchdown. So there was like no need for an extra point. We weren't about to kick a field goal because you don't really kick field goals when you're a freshman. Like rarely do you do that. Plus I knew we weren't in the position to do that. So I'm like, what? You know, I'm just like staring at him with this blank stare at my face. And then he gets mad. Like, you know, football coaches do. They're always mad. He was like, get in, Lopes, you're in the game. So I, I'm just like super confused. I grab my little helmet and I run onto the field and I get in the huddle and I'm just like in shock. I have no idea what's going on. And so I, I kind of like whisper to the quarterback. I'm like, I don't know what what's happening right now. Like, what are we doing? And he looks at me, the quarterback looks at me and he says, ball's coming to you, Lopes. And I'm like, what? And he says, ball's coming to you, Lopes, get ready. And I'm like, what, what is that even? And as I'm like, ask, as I'm like trying to figure out what's going on, everyone in the huddle at the same time claps their hands and then they all just run away, which I didn't know was like a thing. I didn't know it was part of the plan. So I'm there just left standing, like looking like an idiot in the middle of the field as they all run to their positions. And the quarterback's like, get in your position, go get ready to catch the ball. Uh, you know, he's like, I in this communicating this to me. So I run to the line of scrimmage and I'm just like panic mode. And he hikes the ball. And he turns and he looks at me and we make eye contact. And I'm just like, I don't know if I, if I actually did this, but I know I certainly felt like I did it. Like I was just shaking my head, like do whatever you do, dude, like do not throw me that ball. Um, but clearly he didn't get that sign. Cause he, he just hurls the ball at me and I catch the ball and I turn around, uh, and I see these two just giant defenders and I've got my like little kicker helmet on my kicker 
pads on. I'm like, no way, like the, not a chance. So I'm fast, right? I'm a soccer player. Like I can run fast. Uh, and I've, I've got lighter pads than they are, than they've got on. So I just do what any like normal person does. I'm like, I'm going to run away from the danger. I'm not going to run towards the danger. I'm going to run away from it. So I literally just start like running. I was going to try to cross the field, but as I'm trying to cross to the other side of the field, uh, they're chasing me, obviously. Uh, and so I just keep running further and further back. Long story short, uh, after losing about 60 yards on the play, I think my own team tackled me before I got into the opposite end zone. Uh, and needless to say, <laughs> uh, that day still haunts me, man. Uh, needless to say, I never played football again. Coach never said Lopesher in again. Um, here's the moral of the story. Here's I know you're asking, like, Jared, what the heck are you talking about right now? Here's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is, um, one, I'm not a football player. That's the first thing. Second thing is I really wanted a Jersey, right? Like I really wanted a football Jersey, but I didn't actually know what it meant to be on the, the, like the football team. Uh, I didn't have the same goals as everybody else on that team. Uh, and it really, all I was trying to do was wear the Jersey. And sometimes as parents, um, I think that I feel this is especially true for me. I see this in our dad tired community. And as I talk to dad tired guys from around the country, sometimes I think we wear the Jesus Jersey, um, but we don't always know what goal we're running after. Uh, and as a result of that, sometimes we find ourselves running toward the wrong goal. And so I wear my like Jesus Jersey. I tell people like I'm a Christian and I go to church and I do all the Jesus things I'm supposed to do, but I don't really know like, what am I actually supposed to be accomplishing as a follower of Jesus. And often what happens is we start running towards the same goal that everybody else in the world runs toward. And here's what I mean. The goals of the world are like, man, we need to be happy. Do whatever it takes to make you happy. Do whatever it takes to be successful, to have enough money, to have material things, to have a good retirement and bank account, to drive a cool car, to wear nice clothes. Like these are the goals of the world. It's not like super hard stuff to figure out like just go on Instagram or Facebook and you can like quickly figure out or like just step outside your house or go into a mall and you can quickly figure out like what is the world chasing after what is their end zone and sometimes for us we even though we've got that jersey on we're actually running we've got the Jesus jersey on but we're actually running toward the wrong end zone and so we have to figure out like what is the end zone what is the right end zone for us as followers of Jesus uh, and for us, the right end zone, I think uh, we, we get a picture of it in Matthew 5. It's Jesus when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and uh, this is terrible. I didn't actually pull this up. I literally, you guys, just as a quick side note here, uh, I woke up this morning at four o'clock in Florida. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got on two airplanes and I got into Oregon today at about three o'clock. It's 3.56. Um, so I've been home for about an hour after flying all day. Uh, just got off a cruise ship, which by the way, if you want to go on a cruise, they're amazing. Dadtire.com forward slash cruise. We're going on a cruise. <laughs> uh, that was a really smooth transition. Um, where was I going? To? Oh, so I, I feel like I'm a little bit scattered in my thinking and trying to get all that. All that to say, I didn't actually pull up Matthew 5, which is a really rookie mistake, but I know most of it by heart. So let me tell you what I think the goal is that Jesus set up. What is the goal for us as Christians? He says this in Matthew 5. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have in front of me super amateur hour right now. But Jesus, essentially, he's got the whole crowd of disciples and listeners on a mountain. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus's first sermon that he's ever given, and it's on a mountain 
which is why they call Sermon on the Mount. It's the first time Jesus ever speaks. Now, keep in mind the context of what's happening in this verse is uh, the whole place, his whole audience had been waiting for the Messiah and Savior to come for hundreds and hundreds of years. There's been promise of a Messiah, a rescuer, somebody that would come and rescue them from out of slavery or out of oppression, somebody who would build up an army to help conquer the enemies, that they would build a kingdom, and he would be their king. That's what they had in their mind. So Jesus then is claiming that he is that rescuer, right? He's the Messiah. He's the king. He's the one that's going to be the one that rescues them. So you can imagine the crowd at this point. They're on the edge of their seats. Like, is this the guy? And if this is the guy who he is, who he says he's going to be, the guy we've been waiting for, like, what is he going to say? What's his kingdom going to be like? And Jesus's first words of his first sermon say this. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are are those who are meek. Blessed are those who are hunger, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the brokenhearted. Like these are the words that Jesus is talking about when he's talking about blessed. And I did a podcast on this whole blessing topic uh, years ago, actually. Uh, you can scroll back. I think it's called, Are You Blessed? It's a, year, a few years ago, I did an episode on that, just on this, this passage of scripture where Jesus is talking about blessing. But essentially what Jesus is doing here is he is flipping the goal upside down. So everybody, even back then, their goal would have been much like our goals. Like I want to be safe and I want to be secure and maybe have a little bit of money, make sure all my needs are met. I want to be like, have some security for a healthy lifestyle moving forward. Like I just want to be taken care of. I probably don't want to live like paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I don't want to have to worry about some kind of army come taking me. I just want to be comfortable. And yet what Jesus does, even for that original audience, is he takes those goals goals, that end goal of like safety and comfort and health and wealth and all happiness. And he just flips it on his head. And he says, at the end of the day, blessing is when you're persecuted and when you're mocked and when you're meek and when you're humble and when you're hunger, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, blessed are the brokenhearted. These are the blessed. And what Jesus is doing is it, by flipping it upside down, he's essentially saying, listen, the only way that those things can be a blessing is if, if somehow it points you closer to your goal. Now, for us, our goal is happiness and it's wealth and it's prosperity. And so we often associate blessing with things that get us closer to those. Uh, If we get a raise at work, we say, man, that's a blessing because I'm getting closer to my goal of finances. If I get a good report at the doctor, I'm getting closer to my goal of good health and long life. Uh, if I, you know, some, if I win the lottery ticket or I go on a cool vacation, I'm blessed because I, I'm living this happy lifestyle. But what Jesus is saying, actually in your brokenness, it's in the broken, it's in your humility. It's when you're hungry and thirsting that you're desperate for Jesus. And it's actually that desperation for Jesus, for somebody else to be God for you, because you realize you're not a good God and none of those other things are a good God. And so you're forced to turn back to the actual God. That's the blessing. Jesus in a nutshell is saying this, as Christians, our end goal, our end zone, our thing that we should be chasing after solely is him. And the reason those things are a blessing, brokenness, meekness, humility, hunger, and thirst, the reason those are a blessing is because it points us back to him, 
Jesus is our goal. So when you're wearing the Jesus jersey and you say, I want to be on the Jesus team, whatever that means, uh, you can either run with your jersey on toward the wrong goal, which is health and happiness and prosperity and comfort, which the world loves. And oftentimes as Christians, we love, we're running the wrong way. Or we can do what Jesus said and we can run towards him, which is our ultimate goal. And so this is what I think is most important. I can't emphasize this enough. Um, Our goal as parents, when we're talking about education, uh, our goal is Jesus. This is our one and only goal for our children, that they would know God, that they would fall in love with God and that they would be used by God to share the good news of Jesus with a world that desperately needs him. Everything else comes in a far distant second. So this topic of education, when we're talking about like, man, what's best? What's best for my kids? Should I homeschool? Should I private school? Should I public school? What's best? The goal, the the first thing that we have to do is to step back and ask ourselves, what is our goal when we're thinking through education? Is it do we just really want our kids to be have the best education so that they can be super healthy and smart and have the best jobs and get big bank accounts and have good retirements? Listen, those things are important. They're great. They can be a blessing if they're pointing us towards Jesus. They're not a curse, right? Like I'm not saying all those things are a curse. They can absolutely be a blessing, but let's be honest. That's the exception to the, that's not the rule, right? Like it's, it's an It's an exception if you can actually have all those things, more money, more wealth, more prosperity, and still be desperate for Jesus, which is why Jesus flipped it on its head. And so before we even ask the question, like, what do we do to educate our kids? The first thing we must ask ourselves, because it's it's core to how we choose education, it's core to how we raise our kids, is what is our goal? And ultimately, Jesus would say, your goal as a parent is, Your goal is to make disciples of Jesus who love him, who know him, who are used by him to share the good news of him with a world that desperately needs him. Again, everything else comes in a very, very, very distant second. Now, listen, of course, education is important. I can't be more grateful to God for the resources that we have, for the freedom that he's given us to educate our children right? Like those things are important. I I want my kids like everyone else to have the absolute best education to take advantage. But listen very closely. The goal of a good education is to know God even more, to know him even better, to better understand the amazing world that he designed. That's the goal of education. I want my kids to learn math and science, and I want them to learn about geography and English and, and, and language. I want them to learn about all of that, not so that they can be the smartest people and one day go to the smartest school so they can have a big job and fancy bank accounts. I want them to know that so that it would reveal to them even more how amazing their God is, that there's a God of order, that there's a God who's the, the greatest scientist behind all of this beautiful majestic crazy mysterious world that we see dive into mystery 
the mysteries, like make hypothesis, go in and explore the science because there you will find the, how creative our God is. Dive into math, even though I hate math with a passion. Dive into the languages and study books and see how God designed all kinds of different people and how he's been working throughout history. Like for sure, get educated, right? Like get the best education, but for the point of knowing who God is and making him known. That is our goal. It's not to pursue wealth for the sake of wealth or success for the sake of success. Our only success as followers of Jesus is to fall more deeply in love with Jesus and to help other people do the same. That's our goal, friends. Like, um, And I'm just so passionate. I, I was... I was going to spend this episode just talking about really practical stuff. A lot of you guys have asked practical stuff on like how we homeschool, uh, why we homeschool. And you asked some really good questions about it. But man, my my spirit just like, as you can probably tell, and just the passion, it, it became stirred that when I was thinking about homeschooling and public school and private school and all that stuff, um, the bigger question is like, what, who, for what purpose? Like, who cared? Like, why? Why are we even having this discussion uh, as followers of Jesus? Well, the point is, the reason this is important is, one, because we just want to use education to help point our kids back to Jesus. Like, that ultimately is the goal. That's the most important thing. Everything else uh, is a distant second. So, let me, here, here's what this means for you. Uh, as followers of Jesus, you have the absolute freedom on how you'd like to educate your kids and how you'd want them to receive their education. You have freedom in that, bro. Like you don't, I've heard people, I've heard Christians say that, uh, that the Christian way is to homeschool their kid. Like if you're not homeschooling, then you're not doing it the way God would want you to do it, which, oh man, I just cringe at that. Like, dude, like if you've heard that first, I'm just sorry that somebody said that. Um, cause I just, I don't even know how you could like make an argument in the scriptures that God wants us to homeschool our kids. And like, that's the only Christian way to do it. That's so bizarre. I don't know why Christians can say some bizarre things. So first of all, you don't have to homeschool your kids in order to be like a Christian and to help point them towards Jesus. Like that's, that's nonsense. Um, you have freedom. That's, that's the good news. Like you have freedom as a follower of Jesus. You have absolute freedom on how you'd like your your children to receive their education. For some of you listening to this, like public school just makes sense. Maybe fi- for financial reasons or just where the circumstances of your family or where the way that you, uh, maybe you have a great public school. Like there's a public school right behind our house. That's awesome. Like super good teachers. They're educating our kids really well. Like I'm, it's great. It's really good stuff. Like I, maybe you've just, you've got, you got a good school or maybe because of your schedules, like maybe you're working, your wife's working and like you homeschool or some other option doesn't make sense or private school doesn't make sense because financially private schools are super, super expensive. Like, so listen, some of you guys are going to public school your kids, which is great. Maybe that makes sense for your family and your circumstances. Others of you, you're going to choose the private school route because you got a little extra bling bling. (laughs) You can throw that down. There's a great private school down the road from us. Like, listen, if I had the money, I'd probably put my kids in that school. It's a Christian school that just does a phenomenal job. Uh, It's a really great school. Maybe some of you guys will go that route. And then some of you are going to choose the homeschool route. Um, But ultimately, you have to ask yourself this. How do we best help our kids fall in love with Jesus? And is the way we're choosing to educate our kids helping them toward that end? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. 
How do we best help our kids fall in love with Jesus? Because again, our goal, the end zone that we're running after is to help our kids fall in love with him and to make him known in a world that desperately needs him. That's the end zone that we're running after if we're wearing the Jesus jersey. And so the question then that we ask ourselves is, how do we best help our kids fall in love with Jesus? And is the way that we're choosing to educate our children right now, is it helping them toward that end? Now, the reason I say that is because some people, I've got friends who are just, they love Jesus, right? Right, like they're 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 passionate followers of Jesus, good friends, uh, and they've got kids in public school, and they're learning. Um, are there ha- some of their kids are actually having a hard time in the public school system at this early age uh, because they're having a hard time figuring out like, okay, I, I wanted my kid to go in there and be an influence for the sake of the gospel, which is amazing. I love that attitude. I think it's so good. Um, but they're learning like their seven-year-old, their eight-year-old is actually being influenced and they're 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 losing track of uh, how much time they can actually get on to disciple their children. And so that these friends or these these teachers or whatever are actually having more influence that really foundational point of their child's life and they're not able to speak into their children as much as they want to be just by sheer like hours in the day they don't have enough hours in a day to be discipling their kids at that early age and so they're like they're asking themselves like is home is public school the best thing for us right now as we're trying to make disciples of jesus p.s you can hear my newborn screaming in the back you're probably as distracted uh by it as i am uh, but let's just power through uh my wife is amazing she's such a good mom and she's given me permission to come record this podcast so if you hear my little ella girl she's seven weeks this week uh screaming uh let's just power through that <laughs> I promise I'm not being a bad dad and husband. I'm going to go help my wife as soon as we're done with this. Um, but she's obviously having a hard time right now. Um, so anyway, the, the the main question here that we're asking is what is the what makes most sense for us in making disciples? And maybe public school, like maybe that does make sense. Maybe private school makes sense for that. Or maybe for some, uh, homeschool makes sense. But again, you have the freedom. The thing that you just have to ask is if our goal, if our end zone, if the thing that we're chasing after is making disciples, then what route do we want to take to help our kids best do that? Um, And is the thing that we're currently choosing, is it helping them to that end? From there though, I mean, the options are endless. Honestly, you, you have the freedom to choose what works best for your family. Um, And, and I just, again, I cringe at any Christian leader that would tell you otherwise. I just don't get how you can make a Christian biblical argument that as a, as a follower of Jesus, you have to do one way or the other. So uh, ask yourself as a family, like how, how do we want to make disciples? And um, maybe that's going to a different public school. Maybe that's saving up to go to a private school, or maybe that's m- more seriously considering homeschooling. I don't know. Obviously every family is going to have different circumstances. So ask yourself, ultimately we want to make disciples of Jesus. What's the best way that we can do that? Again, let me just say this at the end of the day uh, and in perspective of eternity, uh, man, this is just such a, it's such a big deal. I know I've been like flying through this and I've been a little bit distracted, but just if you catch anything that I say, just catch this, please. In perspective of eternity, catch this. Our life is so short. Your children's lives are so short. We we chase so hard after them having some Ivy League education, some like the best of the best. But when in perspective of eternity, education is just simply a tool in a discipleship tool belt. That's all it is. It's just one of the many tools that you that will be used to help make your children a disciple who hopefully by God's grace 
passionately follows Jesus. Because here's the truth. There will be many, many children who grew up in top-notch education, who have the best schools. They attend the best schools. They go to the most prestigious schools. They land six-figure income jobs. Uh, you know, they do what everyone would say is successful by our world standards, by the world's goals, and yet they will still be far from Jesus. And Jesus, I think going back on Matthew 5, I think if Jesus were sitting here having this discussion about education with us, that he would say that is not a win in the kingdom of God. Your children can go and have the best education. They can learn all the cool, fancy things and recite all the things and all the knowledge and have all the, the best things. They can have the, grow up to have the best job and big, fancy paychecks and titles on business cards and big retirement accounts. And yet, if they don't love Jesus, then it's not a win, Right, And that's not to say that we have control over that or that it's one or the other, because it's certainly not. But the point is, the main thing that we're chasing after, our goal, is to help our children fall more in love with Jesus and to be used by God in a world that desperately needs him. That's really our goal. Um, and the other thing that's true is that there's going to be many kids. Um, there are many kids who never received the education that their parents would have loved that they would have received, Right. Like there are so many kids, both here in the States, around the world, in our neighborhoods, who never quite get in the education system or never get the ed- the quality of education that their parents would have loved for them to have and, and really that they deserve to have, just like access to good resources and education. There's going to be a lot of people who, a lot of kids who have that as their reality, and yet they will still make huge dents in the world for the kingdom of God. Praise God. God will still use them. Despite their lack of amazing education, he will use them to make huge dents for the kingdom of God here on this earth. And that's a win. And wherever your kids end up landing on that spectrum, whether they are the most educated at the best schools or they don't have the education that you would love for them to have, what's most important is to remember That education is simply a tool in the discipleship tool belt. And ultimately, our goal is Jesus. Everything else falls in a very, very distant second. Everything. And I know that seems weird. It seems almost shocking that I would say like, uh, that I would put education, which feels so important to us as parents, the education of our children to say that that's a distant second. Listen, that would have been the same feeling that the disciples would have heard when they first heard Jesus open his mouth on the Sermon on the Mount. Like, Jesus, how could you say like, like meekness, what brokenness, humility, like the thing that's most important to us is that we're safe and secure and that we have an army and that we're well taken care of and we're protected and we're like happy. Like, what are you talking about? And I think Jesus would give us that same reaction as parents who really, really want our kids to have the best education. I think he would say, listen, yes, of course, education is important, but only for the sake of getting to know me more. I think that's what Jesus would tell us. Uh, and ultimately, what whatever route you choose to have your children uh, educated, ultimately, is just a tool. It's just a distant second. The number one thing that we're chasing after is, are our kids falling in love with Jesus? And is the education that we're giving them helping them fall more in love with Jesus? Um, now, all that said... Um, <laughs> Uh, hopefully that's helpful and give some perspective. I don't want that to be like a 
pithy or um, kind of like shallow answer. I didn't. I don't want to like poo-poo education and like some of your very legitimate questions, questions that you're asking for your children's education sake, questions that we're asking for our kids. Obviously, like my wife's a super, she got a great education. She's a nurse. Her brain's like smart. She loves school. She wants her kids to go to college, all that stuff. I'm, eh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not as sold on college, the whole college thing. And for certain reasons, we can get into more of that later on the next episode. Um, listen, so we're, I'm not, what I'm saying there is I'm not like just poo-pooing education. I do think it's important. We as a family are asking these questions all the time. Um, so ultimately here, here's what I want to say in the next episode, next week on part two. Um, some of you have asked me some, just to share like really personally, why did we choose homeschool? How did we, if there's a school right behind our house, that's got, you know, doing great. Why didn't we send them there? Like, why don't we save up to send our kids to a private school? Why did we pick the homeschool route? Um, and you just had some really, really good questions around that topic. So, um, next week I'm going to dive into some really practical answers on homeschooling specifically and what that looks like for us as a family. So I'll give you a really personal answers on how we chose homeschooling as the route for our kids, uh, and the, on their discipleship journey. Um, so with that said, if you have some questions on that, if you, if you've got like really specific homeschooling questions and how we got to that point between now and probably Friday, uh, actually I'm taking off on a plane to go speak in St. Louis. If you're in the area, uh, Columbia, Columbus, Missouri, I'm speaking there, um, next Saturday. So I would love to meet you if you're in the area there. Um, so I will, I'll record the podcast sometime between now and next Friday. So if you have questions specifically on the homeschooling route, um, shoot those over to me. Uh, the best way probably is Instagram. Just uh, shoot me a direct message on Instagram and I can grab those questions there. Anyway, uh, I know this episode was a little bit more distracted than I had hoped that it would be, but I hope that it was still helpful. Again, ultimately, if you catch anything, remember this, education is simply a tool in the discipleship journey. Our number one goal as followers of Jesus, if you're wearing the Jesus jersey, our goal is to help our kids fall in love with him and to be used by him. That's the goal that we're chasing after. If you are running towards any other goal, then I pray that this episode was your teammate tackling you before you you run too far in the opposite direction. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's continue the conversation next week. Later.